Hello and welcome to What Moves Us. This is an edited version of our most recent podcast where we skip straight to the interview we did with Johan Behen of Green Furniture Concept. Um, so how are things, obviously we're recording this at the very end of September, how are things in Sweden in regard to transport demand and general feelings about recovery? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, speaking about the recoveries, you know, Sweden has had it all, its own way through the pandemic. I, I think yeah. that has reached uh, uh, throughout the world. Um, so we've we've been more or less restricted all the time, and that that means uh, the change isn't that big now. Right. We're still a little bit restricted, but but life goes on uh, pretty much um, uh, anyway. And is is transport demand unaffected? it's uh it's it's pretty much back to normal i would say uh peak hours are spread out uh, you you won't have the real crowd but but people are definitely back right cool so obviously oh sorry johanna so no i was just i was just curious before before we moved on to the detail um because um in the fact you said that to peak demand is is pretty much there so so during the the pandemic because you say you know everybody knew about the swedish model which was not to to lock down to just have restrictions and that mm. so did people continue to go into the office throughout the whole period then uh people would would um the, the ones who could um refrain from going to the office uh, all the time maybe just go in for a meeting maybe just go in a couple of days a week but not totally um and and uh, yeah, that, that was the whole scale, I think. But but we haven't had any any real lockdown, and um, many people have have continued to work like before. So it's really been about more personal responsibility on the it's individual ra- rather than yeah. the government imposing yeah. Yeah. against our will. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, and it, cool. it has worked pretty pretty much okay. You know, our healthcare situation has also been loaded, but. Not, yeah. not more than anywhere else. But you haven't had any more cases or anything you know, than anywhere else. So, no. so your 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 health um, advisor, your chief scientific advisor, was right that we still had a long way to go on it, and we'll see who's right at the end of it. And yeah. For, yeah. for Sweden, it works. And you could say that the Swedish model is kind of social distant from from the start. So we we're not too close to each other in in the public. <laughs> <situation anyway. laughs> Didn't have to do That's much distancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Johan, we've spoken uh, a couple of times over the last, uh, over this summer actually, so Mm. though I already know about your company and we have already had an introduction, could you give us just a quick introduction? Yes, so based in Sweden, uh, we make public placemaking for for interiors, so we work with public places like railway stations, but also airport interiors and shopping malls, also some healthcare and some schools. but really where there is uh, a lot of people, a lot of wear, and a lot of use for having a nice place. So really the our key thing is to provide uh, that nice place in a box, if you want, uh, architecture in a box, furniture that can bring that nice feeling along, and that can also withstand the wear and tear of a public place, and that can be flexible enough to, uh, to change over time. To, to be modular enough to introduce nice dividing planters as social distancing, for example, during these times. So 
going back to the obviously the restricted period over the 18 months have you found it easier or more difficult to engage with international clients because they've mostly been at home and happy to do zoom calls mm -hmm. it's been it's been both ways it's been easier to reach out um far away i mean i I've, I've been lecturing in india uh i've been right. <laughs> but from home you know um yeah yeah uh, i we've we've attended a lot of conferences that have been digital that we couldn't have attended any otherwise and and you know uh, do being in one part of the of the world in the morning and then in another in the afternoon is quite an amazing feeling and and you can have so much more interaction with people because people have been there anyway even though they have been working from home um i i think that uh, especially in the rail sector uh, people have worked anyway so yeah. so you could you, you could still reach people uh and you could still plan for the future and and by the rail it's still yes it has lost a lot of uh, a lot of uh, of travelers and that way a lot of money coming in but there is still well some kind of government funding in the in the in the base there is still a more solid and a more long-term financing than you would have for example by by a shopping mall or or by an airport so so by airports has been much more difficult they have closed down in a in another way and and you haven't been able to reach people because they haven't worked um yeah but i think uh here it's it's been kind of good anyway then of course it's been more difficult to have decisions made right. so and, and and that's not because people aren't there and and not because they aren't gathering but 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 more that there is the uncertainty of what's going to come um so so at what point are we to invest in a better place uh, well obviously first you need to to take care of the the absolute uh, security measures and and the new regulations and things like that um but then on the good side for us, then on a recovery, uh, you need to transfer a feeling of safety. Um, and in that, the biophilic design, the natural materials, natural shapes, and, and all that we do to, to make well-being also provides a feeling of safety. So, so entering the station, when you have uh, been through that journey and, and uh, lifted your station for recovery it's a whole other experience uh, and that it's it's really a key part of of coming back and and having a first good um uh, well acquaintance with uh with traveling again and the yeah, new, so yeah, yeah the new traveling situation i think will will slow down a little bit time will be less critical as you you will not be traveling in peak hours in the same way uh you will be traveling more for leisure uh, you'll be traveling more for the experience and and that whole journey will be part of your of your daily life and an efficient and enjoyable life i think that the 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 share of being able to use the traveling time yeah. to have a good time together with friends on a on a leisure travel or to work when you go to work because you don't have to stand up in the metro but you can sit down and actually have a place and, and open your laptop um that's that's um, it's it's making traveling more useful again. So, I think I mean I, there's some really interesting um, elements that you mentioned 
there um and I'm really interested in exploring that whole um, element of placemaking because um, people in the UK um, will will know your company mainly for those wonderful seats that have been turning up in in all the the major stations with with network rail because just by using a different material that that lovely wood and the fact that it curves around design and it works with the environment creates that different place it it feels more welcoming because it's not a cold a cold metal bench anymore and Mm. and that but um what um in terms of you know contributing to that whole you know because when you say about you know the design of safety and things you know um that are less time critical it's more it's more about talking about things that that um that are about the experience that kind of make you feel comfortable that give you that warm hug and make you feel that experience what other Mm. elements do you work with to to create that experience and give that sense of well-being for people yeah i i think that nature is really important in this, uh, and and we call that biophilic design, uh, is working with design. So using the elements of nature with the natural materials, the softness, the variation, the texture, um, the echo absorbing, um, the variation of different places, uh, the the meandering shapes instead of straight lines, uh, curvatures, softness, and and uh, and real greenery, uh, plants. Um, and, and all this, it has really proven a, an amazing effect. I'm, I'm astonished by the what we have seen when Network Rail measured satisfaction rates. This was before pandemic, uh, right before, but but um, replacing, as you say, Joanna, the, the the metal seat that was there before, straight lines, just the pure function of of a seat um, with something more enjoyable, actually moved the satisfaction rates from around 30 to around 80% of, of waiting areas. And just, just by changing what you sit on. Um, yeah. and, and of course, it's not then just replacing one seat with another, it's replacing seats with something architectural that actually does something to the environment. But, but I was astonished also to, to see those numbers. And, and moving on, I actually see now, just with coming back for real after the, the, the summer here, uh, uh, a request for plants, for actual plants. So this is the real greenery yeah. and the real, the real world living uh, biophilic design. Uh, and I think that sort of represents an understanding of the power of biophilic design, the power of nature in stations. Uh, that yes, living plants is a little bit of a hassle. You need to take care of them. Some will die. You need to replace those. You have to water them. Um, and all that, um, but you're willing as a station to take that because it gives you so much. It gives the traveler so much. So, so I think that's uh, it. Sort of proves an understanding of of the the values of passenger satisfaction and of how you can create it with natural biophilic design. So, so I'm I'm really happy about that and looking forward to uh, to to all these places transforming. And with a passenger focus, um, and I think that yeah, it reflects that your ministry's yeah. uh, um, uh, atten- intentions to to put passenger first. Can I ask you a question then? Because I obviously used to do a lot of planning around stations, and it was always a complaint of people that about metal seats, particularly in winter because they were so cold mm-hmm. when you sat on them. Did it not? 
how is it that did it not occur to anyone to put biophilic design in until you said it or how is it that now it's it seems the the obvious thing to do right now yeah um there has been traditionally there has been wooden seating at least and there has been if you look now more than 50 years back if you look you look the beginning of last century um sorry right my phone um so uh, uh there was stations were really made to to uh, give that enjoyable experience and the seating was from wood um maybe it wasn't so winding and soft but it was well made and 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 durable um uh, so so there is a tradition of wood anyway then well, i think what what happened is uh traveling on went up and and we also uh, uh saw a, a a greater focus on efficiency so as as focus moved from from uh, uh getting those passengers on the journey and and getting them uh, engaged and and enjoy the journey it moved to move as many passengers as possible yeah uh, and, and with that focus and the efficiency focus uh the reasoning was okay let's let's use metal because now nobody can break it uh, and we don't yeah. have to maintain it and mm -hmm. only when you have metal it's it's usually painted anyway you, you it, it is usually not just stainless steel and that paint will also be scratched uh it doesn't break the function is still there but it looks sad um you can't do much about it right so so not only is it cold and hard and straight but it's also deteriorating also deteriorating all the time so so you didn't really reach that efficiency thing yeah so what we have found and i think that's sort of a key to being able to do something bio biophilic is a way of uh, it's a design where you easily can maintain so you can you're able to keep that softer material in good shape over time as long as you want with very very easy measures so that has been key to being able to introduce it and now you can do that uh, you can also see the difference and wow that's it's obvious it's then an obvious thing to do yeah so when someone does commission you you just mentioned about metal seats being straight when someone does commission the company do you do you sort of go and audit a station along with the operator and they're like, oh, we can put a seat there or there's a bend there, we can put something there? Or do they, mm -hmm. do you do you do like an auditing uh, process for them or do they say, I want a seat here, 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 here? I would say it's a combination of, of those. So, But as our design can turn as you want, it can turn around pillars, it, it can get the size of a pillar, it can go into every corner, it can sort of fit everywhere. We can put more, much more, we can use much more of the space than they could before. Uh, meaning that, that we need to, to show the possibilities and discuss this together with the facility manager or the station manager um, to, uh, to introduce the possibilities where there is um, where it doesn't go go against the flow and and instead will sort of direct the flow and 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 use the curvatures of the seating to to uh push people and the flow in one or the other direction 
uh, more against the retail on the right side or more sort of leading the way in a smooth smooth pattern. So uh, we work with the, the station manager just to assess the place and then we propose based on our experience from before what can be done. And by Victoria, for example, on the Victoria, uh, there was like 150 seats before and we put in over 400. Um, and that is still without affecting the flow. Um, uh, just pretty impressive. Using, you know, just using it in a better way, um, going with the flow. I guess that's the beauty of the product, though, because it's a flexible product. Mm. It's not. It's not limited because presumably with a with a metal seat, you know, you get it in a size. It's fixed. It has to go. It has to go in that place. Whereas everything you're doing is bespoke and it's working with the environment. So it's not mm. only just about the seat, but as, as you were saying, it's all. It is also about you know how it works that environment, how how it aids that flow. So actually, you can change the flow if you want to speed up and slow movement through through the environment as well. Presumably. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and really, I think that going with retail that speed thing is also essential so on some areas you really want people to move on but uh, when you have when you have more space and there is retail retail around it's good if they sort of slow down slow their pace a little bit relax a little bit keep moving but but uh, you know that oh this is a nice place looking around and and uh, and seeing that oh that's good coffee over there and well i'm a little bit hungry and and sort of you you get uh, you touch people's feelings, you slow down the pattern, make them relax, and, and that's then the, the retail business. So you mentioned that you're um, obviously lecturing in India, which is pretty impressive in itself. Do you get the sense from your engagement that all operators in all different countries and cultures want passengers to embrace with their space in the same way? There are much similarities, really. Very much. I had on this lecture, uh, or one of the lectures in India, uh, I actually was in a, in a panel debate with the development manager of Rail India. Um, and uh, it's much the same, even though they come from a state that, that is, well, it's, they come from somewhere else, but yeah. they're going the same direction. Uh, they are also introducing Shinkansen trains uh, produced in India on a, on a Japanese license. Um, they, they're also on a journey to, to introduce rail to all their inhabitants, not only the poor. Um, and, and, and this is, it's, a, it's a really a big transformation. And you can see it even more in Indian airports that they are state of the art, really. And, and it's an international arena. Um, and, and like that, stations are also um, becoming more and more similar thinking, I, I believe. And they are also, you can see in all parts of the world, there is an increased demand for retail and, and food and beverage, for example. Uh, there, in all parts of the world, there has been some kind of vandalism. Well, maybe not Singapore and Japan, but, but, <laughs> but the rest. Uh, and, and that is something that you can help um, by making it, it a nicer place, making places, making it a place where people actually spend time instead of just running through. Uh, so it's not an empty echoing space. It helps. Um, and this is sort of valid all over the place. Um, so, so yes, I think there are much, much more similarities than we think. Every country will tend to say, well, our people are, are the most destroying 
every country will say that. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned vandalism there because um, because we've already mentioned metal seats, you know, that they're popular because they're utilitarian. Um, they don't um, they they don't get vandalized in the same way. Is that because they're tough and everything? Do you find that when people enjoy something that they actually take care of it more? Does does vandalism yeah. actually go up because because it's a nicer experience? Yes, it's amazing. I, I, I would I, I would have guessed that yes, there is a, this kind of factor, but but it's amazing how we we have really addressed. I, I usually when I come into a new a new geography, a new place, I usually ask them to bring on the the worst case that you have. So show me the station where you have the most problems, uh, uh, because you can really turn those places into nice places and making people proud of them as their place. Uh, if you make something for them and you make it enjoyable and you keep it in, in good, that's important. You keep it in good shape. So, so you need to have a scheme where if there is a scratch, it should be removed. If there is something broken, it should be fixed right, right away. So that should be easy. That should be a spare part at the station. It should be easy to change. Um, and, uh, and there should be some kind of maintenance scheme uh, to have it in a nice, nice shape but but that is so much less expensive than to fix vandalism so yeah. the, the, the actual cost is lower and, and and yet you have a nice place all the time so it's really powerful yeah. to, to give you an example we have you know we have made i think 23 kilometers of seating uh over over nine years time uh and and there is a possibility of changing ribs really easily if there is something damaged it can be changed we've changed like 200 ribs so that's that's 0.01 per minute i could say how many kilometers is that (laughs) yeah so you know 200 ribs is like it's a really sustainable product yeah it's like 20 meters of, of uh, the 25 kilometers, 23 uh, kilometers. And I think, you know, sort of like talking about sustainability because, you know, in, in terms of, you know, the design and that. Um, but um, do, you, do you think that um, your concept came along at the right time as we, you know, not just in terms of the, the pandemic, but um, with, uh, with us all thinking more about, you know, the climate and greenery and how we can be more sustainable is, mm-hmm. would you say that's, you know, that your product ha- on your design concept has had a moment and that's what everybody's tapping into? Yeah, I think we may have even have been a little bit early. So, so five, nine years ago, when, when we, uh, when we started off the, the sustainability demand, well, it, it was a nice thing to have, but nobody really act, uh, asked for it. And, and biophilic design, yes, that has more or less, I would say it's booming now. So, so yeah. uh, we were a little bit early, but, but I think we, we may have contributed uh, to, uh, to opening people's eyes uh, here, both on a sustainability part and, and on a biophilic part. I hope so. We, we're quite visible in the world, actually. Uh, um, so so, so I, hope, I hope we've had some impact. And, leading. And, That's because they're leading the market. Yeah, I hope so. I, I really, yes, I think a little bit. And and our going back to that sustainability part and, and our mission as a company, that's not something we talk a lot about, but but really why I started this, why the name is Green Furniture, was that that I I was disappointed on the first design that I made 15 years ago and, and how smelly it became. 
have the the production of it, even though here in 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 Sweden and and under Swedish regulations that I thought were good, uh, it it was bad for the environment, and and I decided to well I'm not going to destroy this planet, and, and I pulled the brake and, and uh, thought about well how can I do this in a green way, uh, and how could I really show the world how you could do that? So 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 the ambition with green furniture is to show the furniture industry really how you do it sustainably. Uh, and as visible as possible. So with the public places, as you know, the great stations and, and airports very, very visible to, to the world. Um, and also on a sustainability plan, we, we share all that knowledge. It's not, comp it's not competitive uh, knowledge. We, we I lecture to other furniture companies on, on sustainability just because I want to bring the bring them along on that journey. Then we have our, our design is different, but but uh, the, the design principles of sustainability, I want to share. Okay, so I think, um, no, go on then. sorry, well, we're, we're both really eager with questions. You go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just I was just thinking it was it was I, I was just thinking interesting um, because we talk a lot about, you know, sustainability, green and that. But I find it interesting that you're sharing your knowledge um and that um you're not making it a secret what what you do and mm -hmm. i think as a concept that's um really enlightening and refreshing um so i was wondering why you know what's the motivation behind do, doing that because quite often you know if you're a startup or you're a company and that you want to keep everything yourself you want to be you know you you want to be having the commercial success so what's your motivation behind you know sharing that knowledge yeah. It really makes it worth going to work. That's that's uh, it makes it worth worthwhile. And I think we've also growing. We've recruited people that like the green. It's so it's sort of obvious that we that's something we're going for. And and our whole green team. Um, this is why they go to work. So so this is something we have to do. It just feels right. <laughs> and and, do you, and uh, do you think and that's th a very modern way of doing things, you know, the terms of, yeah. you know, that whole co-creation, you know, piece, you know, and sharing knowledge and yeah. that. And that's how we'll solve solve the problems that we're in. Yeah, and it, we have to do something about it. I mean, we have to save the planet <laughs> together. So so let's let's go for that. And and we can compete in other ways. Uh, I think that's um yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good uh, message. Yeah, thank you. Um, I just have a few last questions, if that's okay. Um, when you talked about uh, this sharing knowledge and saving the planet, is that one of your stated business ambitions? I'm just curious, is, what's the target for the business? Is it like kilometers of seats rolled out? Is it like countries you're in, number of stations, how many trees you save? Mm -hmm. what's, what's the target for you now? It It is really some kind of planet impact uh, and, and i think you could you could have that on on several in several fields there is a sustainability part of that and that's the obvious well sustainability and and and, uh, and planet green way um, so yes i want to make a change to the planet and we want as a company to make a change to the planet uh, what i've also seen working i didn't think about that uh, in, in the start it actually makes a difference to the travelers it, it makes a difference to the daily life of people i didn't think of that when start starting here but but we're part of very many people's daily life and making that little space or, or journey more enjoyable uh, and i think that's kind of a nice feeling too and 
uh, and uh, to to contribute to. Um, and, and then, yes, there is a volume part of this as a company. Uh, so obviously, we want to to be successful as a company, uh, and and that has yes, there is some kind of ego in in that for me. Uh, uh, being a designer and spreading that over the world, it's uh, seeing it. It's it's very nice, uh, of course, but but also gaining size uh, and, and visibility, we will have even more uh, impact and breakthrough on on the on the other business, on on the on businesses around, on the furniture business, uh, on stations, uh, and and bringing them along on that furniture train and and uh, on that enjoyable uh, and, and sustainable. Uh, journey, um, and and uh, uh, I really I really enjoy uh, when I hear I've heard a little bit from our competition that they see us as successful and sustainable. So if if they see then that that is the factor that will make them follow in the sustainability path. So so we need to be successful. We need to be to have a a size and to be visible, and then we can really have even more uh, sustainable impact as the others go along. So that's a, it's a long path, but I, I, I think we're, we're down that path a little bit. So, and, and that feels nice. That's, that's my, my own uh, motivation. Really nice messages then. Last question for me is, do you have any of this furniture in your house? I do, yes. And when I, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we don't make home private furniture. <laughs> Uh, anymore. So you have for yourself, uh, have you? It's, yeah, it started off there, but we've had a lot of a lot of prototypes and a lot of uh, 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 models that we actually don't produce anymore, and I have them all in my house. Yes, <laughs> comfy place to watch television. Yeah, <laughs> I always feel that should be the last question, but I actually want to say what what's next. Yeah, in 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 your journey, you know, sort of like um, you know, I mean, in in terms of the design and you know, and the way we experience it and and growing that well-being, you know, what is what is yes. next? The green concept. Yes, the 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 next thing we are already on on the furniture that we roll out in the stations, uh, they are climate positive already. The next thing is to be world positive. So that's really, that's a big thing, right? But the world should be better off with us than without us. So, so we should have no or a positive impact on, on, on the world, not only the climate, but, but you know, on, on chemicals, on, on the material use uh, and all that. I think that is, it's actually possible. It's not at all easy. But I think uh, that should be the goal. So that's where we are heading. Uh, the world should be better off with us than without us. That is a, a wonderful final word. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had to guess it in. <laughs> that was a really, really, really wonderful speaking to you and to hearing your positive message on to the world. Thank, Great. You. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us, Johan. Thank you to we'll be able soon. to uh, be here. Yeah. Bye. So thanks for listening to another episode of What Moves Us. We hope we moved you. For more episodes, you'll definitely want to subscribe to our channel. Until next time.